Hi, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, it's a podcast where we learn, where we grow, where we try to study, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves uh, for the Lord. Uh, Today's podcast, what we want to do is we want to go to the book of Psalms. And what we want to do, I want to study my favorite psalm today, and that is Psalm 37, uh, a psalm of David, talking about not fretting, talking about not worrying, a psalm of just completely trusting in God and trusting in his will for your life. It's it's such an amazing study. And we've studied this before. And we've hinted at it at other podcasts that we've done before. But every time I study this psalm, there's something new to learn. There's something that I didn't see the first time. And I just want to, to study that again with you today. So that's what we're going to study today. So the scriptures become real when we talk about, do you really trust in the Lord? Do you really trust in him? And just like we do always, I want to start off with a positive quote for the day. I read this this morning, and it said this, To trust in God in the light is nothing, but to trust him in the dark, that is faith. You see, that's what happens with so many of us. And we've all been there. You know, when things are great in our lives, when things are going the way that we want them to go, things are fine. And those are the times where we sometimes forget to thank God. Those are the times when times are good where we forget to pray to him. Uh, We only use it when times are bad. But it takes true faith that when times are good and bad, that you still have the same type of consistency that you have all the time. And that's what God wants. And so let's let's get into this psalm here. Psalm chapter 37. And what we're going to do, we're going to we're going to kind of jump around the whole psalm. I believe there's 40 verses in this one. So but the main thrust of what we want to talk about today is from verses 3 probably to around verse 9 that's really the main thrust of what David's talking about here now let's let's read the let's read the psalm and then we'll get into the context okay starting in verse um, starting in verse 3 trust in the Lord and do good and thou shalt dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed delight thyself also in the Lord And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in the way, because of the man that brings wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. And in any wise, fret thyself to do no evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. I was, Every time I study this, I see this as a formula for the Christian. I'm not too far removed from high school. I graduated in, in 2011. And I remember during those math courses, which I didn't really didn't really like or care for, I remember there was always a process. There was always an equation to figure out a certain problem. And if you left one part of the equation out, your answer was wrong. You could have everything else right, but if you miss one part of the equation, your answer may be the right one, but it may be a negative. Maybe the right one, but it may be a positive. You see, you just might have messed up the whole thing. And so David here for the Christian, he's trying to help us solve our problem of worry. To solve our problem of fretting. To solve our problem of looking at everyone else. To solve our problems of our own, you know, problems that we have. He's trying to help us solve. But here's the thing. He's giving us an equation. 
He's given us an equation of what we can do to help solve our problems. First part of the equation, trust in the Lord and do good. And you'll dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. You see, let's look at the context. Now, remember, he starts off, if you go back to verse 1, he begins talking about fretting not because of evildoers and don't be envious of the workers of iniquity. See, that's what we do as Christians sometimes. This world is so evil. Um, this world is so dark. And we look around and we look at how others are living and seeing how things seem to be going well for them. Why do they have this? They have so much of this. They have an abundance of all this. But on our side, we're trying to do the right things and things aren't happening the way that we would like them to. But David here, first off, don't fret. But the first part of our equation, we have to trust in the Lord and look and do good. You remember as a kid growing up, do you remember watching the, the show Schoolhouse Rock? And do you remember conjunction, junction, what's your function, right? And it talked about and and or in different words. And is a conjunction word, which means it joins two phrases or joins two clauses. So David says first, trust in the Lord. But is that just enough? Not to this equation. He said, trust in the Lord and do good. Question. Will the equation work if you have all the trust in the Lord that you want? And all the trust in the Lord that you can muster and but you don't do good, though, will the equation work? No. Trust in the Lord and do good. So both of them have to be together for the equation to work. Remember, like we talked about with that math equation, if you miss one, it's not going to work. You have to trust in him and you have to do good. You see, some people, this is what they do. They trust in the Lord, but first sign of things going wrong they turn evil to a person first sign something goes wrong then they'll change you see so many people their trust is based on their circumstance and that's one web that you don't want to get caught in things are going great for me yeah i trust in the lord yeah i trust him things are going the way i want to he's he's on my side why would i not trust him okay but what happens when things go in your life that you don't necessarily agree with or that you don't necessarily necessarily like then are you going to trust and do good or are you just going to trust and not do good you see you got to do both so that's the first part of the equation trust in the lord and do good and thou shalt dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed got it perfect step one step two delight thyself also in the lord and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. Here's a question. How many of us have desires? Have desire, have wishes, have goals, have dreams. I know I do. I hope you do too. The Lord, he knows you better than you know yourself. So you have wishes, you have hopes, you have desires. Don't you think the Lord knows that? But here's the thing though. Do you trust the Lord enough that he'll give you your desires in his time and not yours you see that's the hard part you see trusting in the lord and doing good that's good delighting yourself in the lord that's great but do you trust him and delight him enough that he'll give you what you want 
I want you to notice this. One commentator wrote this, and I thought this was great. I want to share this uh, with you all too. Let me get there here. Okay, so when he talks about delighting, delighting in the Lord, it's something just so beautiful. He says, make Jehovah the joy and the rejoicing of your spirit. Make God the joy of your life. You know, I heard I heard it said this way. You remember on Christmas when you would wake up and you would go downstairs and you see the Christmas tree and see all those presents around the tree and you see how beautiful they were. They were wrapped and all you wanted to do, you just wanted to rip into it. But it was just it was such a joyful scene to see how beautiful everything was. And inside of that beautiful gift was something that you wanted. You waited all year for it and you wanted it. Think about it this way. Those presents you joyed in, you rejoiced in. You didn't even know what was in it, but you just rejoiced because it looked great. But you knew what was in it was for you. Here's the thing spiritually. We have to rejoice and have joy in the Lord. We have to joy in him. And then he will give you your gift when it's time. But remember, we're talking about an equation now. Can you trust in the Lord and do good, but not delight in him? Can you just delight in him, but not trust and do good? No, you see how it all matches together. Now we have our equation. So if we're writing it on our imaginary board here, the equation of your problem right now, number one, trust in the Lord plus do good plus delighting in him. In doing that so far, number one, you'll be fed. And number two, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now let's keep going. The next verse. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. That word commit there. I've studied this so many times and it's amazing the meanings that come out of this verse. Commit thy way unto the Lord means to roll the whole burden of your life upon the Lord. Now, here's a couple there's a couple of meanings to this. Number 1, it gave a metaphor of, of a camel here in scripture. Now, remember, we got to remember the time that this was written. This wasn't written during modern times where they had cars and, and motor vehicles and things of that nature. This was written where they walked, where they rode horses, where they rode camels. It took longer to get to certain destinations. So, it gave the example of a camel have you ever seen a camel with a load on its back, right? So it's walking really slow, right? And it has this load on its back that it seems it can't carry it. So this is what the camel does when it has a load. It lays down, and then after it lays down, then it rolls to one side. And after it rolls to one side, all of that burden that he was carrying gently rolls off, and then he can stand back up again. So here's the comparison. We are... To roll the entire burden of our life unto the Lord. So, imagine you as that camel. Imagine you with all of that burden and all of that anxiety on you right now. Imagine being so burdened and carried down with it. The Lord wants you to sit down, roll over, and give all of that burden to Him. What an amazing thought. One commentator said it's like a medicine to basically give 
everything that you worry about to him. That that's that's amazing. That's one example. Here's another one. It said think about think about a farmer, right? And think about all that a farmer does. He plows it. He plows the field. Uh, he cultivates it. He fixes it. He makes sure all the rows are straight. And then he plants the seed. Plants the seed. Plants the seed. Question: After the farmer does all that hard work and he plants the seed, what else can the farmer do after he plants that seed? Everything else after the farmer plants the seed is in God's hands. The rain, the sun, the cultivation, the the photosynthesis. Everything is on God after he did his part. Think about this. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Bury your problems and bury your anxieties and bury the worry seeds in the ground. And then let the Lord cultivate it. Let the Lord put sunshine on it. Let the Lord put some rain on it. You see, you have to trust in him. And so one commentary writes this. The plowman sows and he harrows and he leaves the harvest to God. But then what else can he do? The farmer can't cover the heavens with the clouds. The farmer can't command the rain. The farmer can't bring forth the sun. The farmer can't create the dew. But... What the farmer can do is he can leave the whole matter with God. And so it is for all of us to trust his wisdom, to leave the result in his hand. And here's let me let me bring this up, too, because sometimes I've got caught in this and I know others have caught in this. This is where we get ourselves in trouble. When we lay our seeds and our anxieties in the ground, when we lay that there and then nothing happens and we wait and we wait and we wait and everything, nothing happens. We, we think to ourselves, man, what do I have to do? What can I do? Maybe I have to do this. Maybe I have to find this out. Maybe I have to ask people about this. Maybe I, you see you, you run all, all around the place, but your strength as a Christian is to stand still and wait on God. Here's the here's the thing, even if you were smart enough and even if you were wise enough to figure out your situation, God can handle it way more and God can handle it way better than you ever could even if you did figure it out. You see, and that's where we get ourselves in trouble. And we add more weight and we add more anxiety to our problems because we don't use what we have to wait on him. And so this is what we do. Remember, we're talking about our equation now. We trust in him and we do good. We delight in him, but we don't commit our way to him. We, we commit our way to him for a little bit. But then when things don't happen in our time, when things don't happen the way we want them to happen, then we're like, all right, now it's time for me to step in. Let me help the Lord a little bit. Let me speed up this process. See, that's where we we get in so much trouble doing that. And so committing your way unto him, it's kind of an ease. It's kind of a silence to where even if you don't know how things are supposed to turn out, God knows how it's supposed to turn out. But you got to trust in him that he'll do it. But I've heard some Christians say that's weak. I've heard some Christians say, well, I guess you don't care. I guess you don't feel this way about this. Well, I guess you're not going to do anything. That's what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. Don't ever, don't ever let anyone tell you 
that you don't care when you when you're not doing anything. You see, they're doing too much. You are to wait on him and his answer. And if that means I have to wait one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, seven years, then I'll wait. Because God is working. Even when you can't see, God is working. So leave him alone. Let him work. All right. So then the next verse. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Here's another thing about this. Think about Job. Remember all the problems that Job had to deal with. And then all of his friends coming and telling him, well, Job, if you were a better person, then this wouldn't have happened. Job, only bad things happen to sinners. So therefore, there must be some sin in your life that you have to take care of. Because you know God doesn't play with sin, so get it right. Think about all the evil things that Job's friends friends were telling him. But Job did like the previous verse said. Did Job understand? No, he didn't understand. But Job committed his way to the Lord. He always did. Even though he didn't understand and he had questions, he still committed his way to the Lord. So he was silent. He didn't do anything. Yes, did he talk to God? Did he question God? Yeah, he did that because he was a human. But he never crossed that line to where he was doing God's job. He never did that. So, later on in the book, his righteousness was shown to everyone. His friends, all those that hated him. His righteousness was like the light. And his judgment was like the noonday. You see, when the noonday, everyone sees it. With the light, no one can hide from the light. So if you trust and do good, if you delight in the Lord, if you commit your way to him, then he, your problem that you can't solve, he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday if you do all those other things. You see, you can't trust in the, and delight but not commit. You can't, you can't commit and delight but not trust. You see, our equation, you got to have it all. You got to have it all. And he'll bring forth your righteousness as a, as a light and your judgment as a noonday. Next verse. Now, this is very important. Now, after all that's done, that's a lot of work, isn't it? It's hard. Next verse. But God wants you to do this. Then rest in the Lord and then wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Resting in the Lord, just to cease. You see, this is what we do sometimes with our problems. We go to find out answers from everybody else. We go to find out intel from everybody else. We do research and try to figure out why this happened, why this happened, why is this happening? God, I don't understand. Let me try to help you out. You see, we run around and we zip all around, but you're doing something that the Lord doesn't even want you to do. He wants you to rest in him. Rest to wait for his providence. You see, that's the thing for the Christian. We have to be willing to wait. And notice this. 
the Bible says not only to wait, but it says to wait patiently for him. See, that's tough, isn't it? You see, here's the tough part about this equation. If you're trusting and you're doing good, if you're delighting, if you're committing, and if you're resting and you're waiting on him, if you're doing all those things, it's hard to wait. Lord, I'm doing the equation. I'm doing everything you want me to do. Why, why is it not happening? Then after a couple months, after a year, after a couple years, man, I knew, I knew this wasn't going to work. Let me, let me see if I can if I can do this. Let me see if I can figure this out. Let me see if I can solve my own problem. Because obviously the Lord doesn't want to help me. See, that's what we end up doing. And then after a while, we get ourselves in deeper trouble because we left the equation. Rest and wait. Rest and wait for him. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Now, before we end, I want to notice this. Jordan, David, how do you know this works? David, how do I know that this equation works? It sounds good. I've been doing this equation for a long time, but nothing, my problem isn't solved. How, what do I do? How do I know this really works? Okay, let's go down to this, to this verse. Let's jump down. Um, let's jump down to verse 34. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. And he'll exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, then you'll see it. I've seen the wicked in great power. He spread himself like a great bay tree. Yet, he passed away and he was not. I sought him. I looked for him. And I couldn't even find him. But, look at this. Here, here's what we want to do. But mark the perfect man. This is what you got to do. Mark the perfect man. And behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressor shall be destroyed together, and the end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. Notice, now, and he, God, not you, not what you can figure out, not how intellectual and how smart and how you can figure out different situations, not you, not anyone. But the salvation is of the righteous. He, God, if you do those steps that I just said, he is your strength in time of trouble. Oh, so he's the strength in time of trouble? What else? Verse 40. And the Lord shall help those and deliver them and deliver them from the wicked and Save them because they trust in him. They trust in him. It works. But you have to be willing to do all the steps. He will be your strength. You see, during this time, for you, for me, for anyone that may be going through a certain problem, he's your strength. And during this time, faith doesn't grow when things are good. Faith grows through fire. Prayer life grows through fire. Perseverance grows through fire. Endurance grows through fire and pain. Greatness comes through resistance. 
you got to be willing to stick it out and stick it through with God. And verse 40, here's the end goal. If you follow the equation, your problem will be solved. God will. So let's, let's write it just so we can get it. So if on your board, if you trust and if you do good, if you fret not yourself, if you delight yourself in the Lord, if you commit, if you rest in him, if you wait in him, all of that equals God will help you. God will deliver you. God will deliver you from the wicked. And God will save you because you trust in him. You solve the equation. You did it. Trust in the Lord. He's going to help. I promise you. I promise you. You got to wait, though. He's going to help. He's going to help. Let the Lord do his work. But while he's doing his work and he's doing things that you're not even seeing. Keep trusting in him. Then I promise. I promise. I guarantee. He'll do what he said he'll do in verse 40. So Psalm 37. So the scripture becomes real. When we talk about solving the equation of worries in our lives. I love that. I'm not even going to lie. Probably sometime again, we're going to we're going to study this again because there's stuff I probably missed this time again, too. It's such a great psalm. And just just sitting here and just reading it. It's just so encouraging because you can find out what you're not doing and you can find out, OK, I'm trusting and I'm doing this, but I'm not committing. I'm committing and I'm trusting, but I'm not doing this. I'm trusting and doing all this, but I'm not doing good to those. You see, you, there's so many things that you can do to, to study. This is such a great psalm. Such a great study tool, such a great help to us. I hope that you'll continue to learn and grow, uh, not only just with the Lord, but with your brethren, with everyone. I hope you continue to love the Lord, continue to trust in him, delight in him, commit your way to him, rest in him and wait on him. He'll help you. He'll help you. Thank you.